Hi, welcome. Welcome to the That's Good Sports Podcast. I'm Brandon Perna, joined by the one and only William Keys, the first, right? Oh, you said it was the ninth last time, but I well, guess you're going to disregard my eight generations. You, cor- you corrected me. We established that those eight previous generations, maybe with exception to your father, were evil, evil keys. Um, That's correct. Uh, just it's European true. drug lords. I'm assuming Irish or something. Hey. Yeah, no, you got it. Fucking Special cats. appearance by the cat. Cat's fucking with shit behind me. Uh, anyway, this is a podcast where we're going to talk about uh, what happened NFL football Sunday for the first half here, and then we'll get into the Broncos' loss to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, make sure you give us a five-star rating on iTunes, and we're on iTunes, Podbean, and this airs on uh, my second channel, That's Good Podcasts, recently rebranded to fit what we're posting here, Changed and it. Uh, we've got... Three podcasts go at, well, four podcasts every week. Will Keys and I do one every Monday here and every Thursday. And then I've got Blitz Radio going up on Tuesday. They just get drunk and talk football. Very entertaining. And then Jake Shapiro, credentialed Rockies uh, coverage dude, is doing a Rockies podcast on Saturdays. And we're going to see how that goes. So we're, we're stepping we're, up the podcast empire. Oh, yeah. I was going to use the same exact word, empire. That's the only way to describe it. I think in the last three months, this podcast channel has earned me right around $100. So expect to see that coming your way soon, Will. (laughs) Cash flow. Cash flow. Um, So the NFL this weekend, pretty crazy. Like, if we want to, we're, we'll get into our picks on Thursday, but there were some major upsets this weekend. You had yep. the Bills destroy the Vikings. Um, they sure did. The Patriots lose. And uh, Jacksonville loses to Tennessee 9-6, to although we should, have, we should have seen that one coming because – the one team that gives Jacksonville problems are the Titans. And I don't think – I think it was one out of the last six meetings Jags have won. Um, and Blaine Gabbert goes down with an injury. An injured Marcus Mariota comes in and plays well enough basically to just get a, a victory over Jacksonville. So some big teams kind of collapsed this weekend. The Saints-Falcons game was awesome. Talk about yep. – Talk about just a, a fucking score fest and Drew Brees leading a game-winning touchdown drive in overtime. What was it 43-37 was the final score there? So hopefully you took the over. Um, I'm wearing a baseball hat now because uh, Will Keyes usually does, and I decided to pick up the slack and do it myself today. Well, yeah, no, thank God I'm not wearing a hat. We just look ridiculous. Yeah. Two hatted podcasters. No, it's like, get out of your Can't have that. bedroom, nerd boys. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, some, yeah, big stuff happened yesterday. Got some, some news items as well, uh, aside yeah. from the games. So, we've got one of the big stories that came out of the uh, morning games yesterday was at the end of that 49ers Chiefs game, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was scrambling down the left sideline. And he was trying to make a cut, and it looked like he kind of cut awkwardly on his left leg. And now the 49ers are worried that he tore his ACL, and he's going to be presumably gone for the season. Yeah. So pretty tough Uh, break for a team that just spent like $30 million on their quarterback. I know. And, uh, I mean, I guess it it looks like he – to me, and I haven't heard or seen any news, but I'm guessing he tore multiple things in his knee. The way that knee buckled when he planted, it looked like uh, he tore his ACL and maybe MCL or LCL is my prediction because uh, it did not look good. The question is, why the fuck didn't he just run out of bounds? Like, he was going to pick up an extra two or three yards uh, in a game where you're down by, what, like 10 points at least or two touchdowns? Yeah, it was like uh, two touchdowns at that point. Yeah, so I don't know, man. Like, as a quarterback, you got to be smart. Uh, I'm just worried that the competition committee is going to find a way to penalize the sidelines or the field 
or somehow mm-hmm. Clay Matthews is going to pay for this Jimmy Garoppolo injury. Yeah, I think he'll be uh, receiving an invoice yeah. in the mail sometime this week. If Clay Matthews is not fined for this Jimmy Garoppolo injury, then the NFL has failed at player safety to, right. <laughs> at levels we can't even fathom, Will. So two points off of this. Do you think the 49ers have any hope this season with C.J. Beathard, first of all? No. No, I don't. Okay. Um, actually, I think he's a pretty good backup. I think he's one of the better backups in the league. Um, I liked him coming out of Iowa. But, yeah, it's going to be tough to come back from one and two with the Rams in that division. Yeah. Uh, they still, yeah, they still have to play the Rams twice. It's just going to be tough to make the playoffs uh, in a pretty crowded NFC. Second of all, are you ready for all the Colin Kaepernick back to the 49ers speculation? Oh, bring it on, baby. Bring it on. The one thing I think the NFL needs is more Colin Kaepernick talk. It's what everybody's been asking for. Right. No, it really is. Um, you know, I guess the positive there is C.J. Beathard did get, you know, he started last season. We've seen backups succeed before. Uh, we have. But, you know, this was Garoppolo's team. It was There was so much hype around him. And it might come out today that he didn't tear anything, but based on the way that looked, he's done for the season. Uh, man, and it's just like, I just don't think there's a good enough team around Beathard to, like, it's not like the Eagles where, you know, you've got this crazy talented defense and enough weapons on offense to get you through games. Like, um, you don't have three tight ends that are, are you can legitimately target um, and three running backs that can uh, be explosive and, you know, a decent set of wide receivers. So I think it's going to be a bad season for the 49ers, but maybe in the long run, if they're shitty this season, another high draft pick, then they're stacked for the future. That's, that's what I was going to say. Um, so if there's any 49ers fans um, trying to talk them off of the bridge here, or off the ledge, so to speak. I think we're a little early. Not us, but like most people, we're a little early to anoint the 49ers after the end of last season. Ended up going 6-10. and 10. People expected them to make the playoffs. Uh, I, t- I fucking anointed the fuck out of them. So. Yeah. I think they were still a few players away. They're You're not right. quite there on defense. They have a really good defensive line, but they need more help. Um they're going to probably end up with a pretty solid draft pick this year. Uh, maybe shore up the back of the defense. The guy like Greedy Williams from LSU, someone like that. And you're ready to go in 2019 with, with a healthy Garoppolo, hopefully, you know, sticking around. This yeah, time. he's got a full year to recover, basically. So he's going to be way ahead of Carson Wentz. And Wentz played this weekend as well. So He sure did. Uh, he came back. Carson. That was kind of an underwhelming game, but it's good to see Wentz back out on the field. Uh, I think the Colts are a decent team. That's basically kind of what we're learning. Like, uh, how much do you, how much weight do you put into the fact that for their Hail Mary, they bring in Jacoby Brissett to throw the, the 50 plus yard bomb at the end of the game? I don't know. I, people, like, I was watching it on Red Zone and, uh, Chris, uh, fucking Scott Hanson. I always want to call him Chris Hanson, the guy from uh, To Catch a Predator. Oh, uh, and then what's yeah. the what's the guy from The Bachelor? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you watch The Bachelor, not me. Is that Chris Hanson too? It, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's the the same Chris Hanson. I think it might be. God, just tells it. each of the each of the bachelors just to. Come, come right over here. Take a seat. Take a seat right over here. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, I, think we're I think I'm on the wrong show, Chris. Oh, no, you're right. What is the Bachelor dude's name? I have less than zero idea. Okay. Well, you don't have a <laughs> wife who watches every freaking episode. It's true. You got me there. You the have me Bachelor beat. cast characters. I'm going to find this for us. This is <laughs> this is important. important. One day you might be on The Bachelor and you're going to know who this man is and you're going to thank me. 
Chris Harrison. Okay. Okay. I was close. Hanson, Harrison, Chris, Chris. All right. What were we saying? What the fuck were we talking about? Um, Oh, the Eagles. So, yeah, disregarding that, I don't know. I don't think it's a big deal. Like, he's still coming back from that shoulder injury. He could barely grip a ball like a few weeks ago, and now he's playing quarterback pretty well. I mean, the Broncos did the same thing in 2012 with uh, Brock Osweiler and Peyton Manning. If they were going to throw a Hail Mary, they had to bring in Osweiler. Yeah, no, that's right. I mean, I don't think it's a big deal, really. He just needs time. When I was eighth grade quarterback and we had to throw it deep, they brought in the, the tall guy with the big arm and moved me <laughs> out to wide receiver to be the guy to catch it. So Yeah, and then didn't bring you back in for the rest of the game. <laughs> no, no. I went back to quarterback. I started awesome. all year, all year, Will. They wanted a guy who could run the read option, and I fucking hated it. I'm like, you, I got to figure out what the defensive end is doing. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing back here, so I'll just run it every play. And then by the end of the season, I figured out how to do it well. And all that really meant was pitching the ball to the running back before I got blasted by the fucking outside linebacker defensive end. I was like, this is not a fun job. Either, no. either I get the running lane or I get smashed and get rid of the ball just before they get to me to open it up for the running back. I said, this is not something I want to continue to do. You're a team player, though, you know? Yeah, but whatever. Anyway, I could play in the NFL is basically what I'm saying based on my eighth grade year at quarterback, obviously. Still, wait, still waiting for that call. Uh, uh, anyway, yeah, Colts get the loss. But they, like you said, like I think they're a pretty strong one and two team that's lost two close games on the road to start the year. Yeah, who was their first loss to? One, I take it back. They lost the, the first game at home. At home to the Bengals. But the Bengals, the I think – Bengals are a good team. Eagles are a good team. Uh, Colts, by the end of the season, I think are going to have it figured out. And if they just stay competitive, they might have a chance to – well, fuck. Well, I guess it's Jacksonville and Tennessee in that division and the Texans. Don't be worried about the Texans. They could sneak in as a wild card, the Colts. And I think they're a better team than the Titans right now. Uh, Like – after three weeks, if I had to put one team in the playoffs and expect them to do better, I would pick the Colts, even though the Titans have two sneaky wins. Yeah, I'm not sold on the Titans yet, and that's mostly because of uh, their quarterback situation. I'm not a huge Mariota guy, but yeah. I don't know, man. Mike Vrabel won two games with Blaine Gabbert as his starter, so he might be yeah. the early front no, runner did, coach I of the year. Ross Tucker said, uh, yeah, um, Coach of the year with two Blaine Gabbert wins. Uh, I thought was pretty funny. Ross Tucker sounds like I was uh, I was listening to him doing color commentary on Saturday because he's doing the Nevada Toledo game, uh, which of course I was watching on the Saturday right. morning. Yeah, of course. And uh, I, I went to Nevada, so it it makes a little bit of sense. Okay, that does make sense. They got blown out um, by Toledo, but uh, Ross Tucker sounds a lot like Patrick Warburton. Don't you think? Uh, yes. From, like, Joe from Family Guy? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Slash the face painter from Seinfeld? Yes. yes. I never I, – that's Putty. You should have yeah. just said Putty. Putty, uh, yeah. No, he does. Uh, I forget – I think it, it was one of his uh, in-game commentaries where it sounded like that because I've heard him – fill in for Dan Patrick quite a few times. Yeah. And I didn't really get that from him, but I think when he goes into his game calling voice, he sounds a lot like Putty. Oh yeah. Yeah, you try yeah, you got to make it like deep for for the broadcast. Right. No, that's a good observation. <laughs> and he's actually Ross Tucker's pretty he's like subtly funny, which I respect. Yeah. He's pretty good. He's he's got a good podcast. Don't listen to it though. Listen to ours. Yeah. Tell yeah, Ross Tucker Tucker to uh, come on our our podcast. Yeah, open invite. Come to, to discuss your resemblance to Patrick Warburton slash Putty. Thank you. Um, okay, so other news items. Uh, the Patriots have lost back-to-back games by double digits for the first oh. time in 16 years. Oh, shit. So since 2002, they missed the playoffs. Wow. What do you think about that, Brandon? Uh, I know you I- like it. I, know you I like love it. it. No, I love it. Anytime you see a Patriots loss, it is tremendous. 
And think yeah. about it. If you go back to the Super Bowl, they have lost three of their last four games. It's true. It's true. Their record they haven't is looked good in a bad. while. They haven't looked good since that Tennessee game, really. I think any I think anybody who's watched football for a while does not take any like uh stock in this. Um no. Every no. year I don't know. You can you can always pray for the Patriots to crumble. And I just feel like by December, they uh, are going to look like a, a good team. If they, if they are not great, it is for a couple reasons. Uh, and one of the biggest ones I think they're going to get solutions to this season is that their receivers look like garbage. Uh, but Julian Edelman comes back in two weeks. They have Josh Gordon in the, in the wings waiting um, the Patriots are a better team with Julian Edelman on the field, no question about it. He opens up things for Gronkowski. He's like Brady's uh, safety blanket. But in this, in the game against Detroit, uh, that's maybe one of the most inaccurate performances I've seen from Tom Brady in a while. So yep. let's hope that maybe he's lost his magic touch. His arm's getting a little shitty Alex Guerrero's feeding him with some snake oil bullshit and maybe finally he's not quite as he's still going to be good but maybe just a little less accurate if you take away Brady's accuracy he is nothing he really is like he doesn't throw he doesn't throw the ball down the field um he's not particularly quick his receivers aren't really getting open right now obviously we'll wait for Julian Edelman to get back and that'll probably change but I don't know. They don't look like a very good team. Uh, I'm not going to say that they're missing the playoffs or anything. And everybody thinks, oh, well, they're still going to go 13-3, and 12-4. and four. I don't – I want to, like, go somewhere in between. I think they're, like, a 10-6 and six team probably. No, I, that's fair. And they have, a, I think, a, a good challenge this weekend against the Dolphins. <laughs> so the Dolphins are 3-0. and oh. They're playing that kind of just uh, gritty football. Um, Albert Wilson, right? He's with the Dolphins now from Kansas yeah. City. He Playing had a really big well. touchdown where he looked faster than I ever remembered seeing him in Kansas City. I think he, I think he had a touchdown pass, too. Oh, did he? Yeah. <laughs> did he throw turned, that? He threw one and caught one. Imagine if he was playing with Patrick Mahomes right now. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I think this weekend will be fun. Like a Dolphins-Patriots game that is going to be hopefully a competition – and in that yeah. game, uh, however, the Dolphins lost their uh, defensive end, uh, William Hayes, I William think. William Hayes, yeah. William Hayes tore his ACL, and Adam Gase said he tore his ACL trying to avoid putting his body weight on Derek Carr for a sack. So yeah. I admire Adam Gase just fucking laying down the hammer on the NFL, taking a jab at him. I watched – the clip of it and i'm gonna make a video about the roughing the passer rule for like the third straight fucking week but um <laughs> i i can kind of see what he's talking about uh it looks like he would have just torn his knee however but i think yeah. maybe the argument there is he plants his leg and he's trying to go to the side and that causes that knee to like puts torque on your acl and uh it'll be interesting to see if the nfl is going to actually do something about this because I haven't heard a single person say this is the right rule. No, I don't, I don't think so either. It's, I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think we're, I don't think the quarterbacks are, are really that much safer either. No. I don't think it makes that much of a difference. It's, uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers sprained his knee. Jimmy Garoppolo tears his knee. It's just going to happen. And it's like, well, yeah, it's just, guys get hurt. That's how it is. If you really want to make things safer, um, I don't know, like, have them practice a little bit – give them more practice sessions uh, in the offseason and get them up to shape a little bit quicker. Work on know. their technique. I don't know. And it's so, – It's just – it's something that's going to happen. Like, it's unavoidable. It's football. And it's hard to fight the evolution of, like, injuries are part of the game. They're part of the quarterback position as well. You can protect them in certain ways, but, like, Last season, one of the best storylines was Nick Foles winning the Super Bowl and Super Bowl yeah. MVP, which doesn't happen without a quarterback getting hurt. Uh, Tom Brady, where is he at if Drew Bledsoe doesn't get hurt? And, yes, the examples of star quarterbacks getting hurt 
usually not going to be good for your team. Uh, but part of, part of that is new guys do emerge, different things do happen. And when you, I think, try to eliminate a specific injury with a big rule change like this, it is not favorable to the NFL. Uh, and they have to recognize this at some point, like the catch rule, where fans don't like it, players don't like it, coaches don't like it, former officials are saying it doesn't make sense, and former players and coaches are, are critical of it. So and, and any member of the media covering the game, the announcers, while it happens, are like, this doesn't make any sense. The only people saying still that it makes sense is the NFL front office. And it's because they hate to admit that they make mistakes. And they, uh, if they do change it, they're going to do it quietly, where they basically just tell the refs, uh, let's ease up on this. And they'll pretend like they never made a mistake. And because they put in that rule, everything is fine now, which is they can take the fucking credit. Just it needs to stop like three weeks in a row with this Clay Matthews shit on tackles that look very. It's about trying to eliminate the, the, the pile driving where you could argue a player may be trying to injure a quarterback on the hit. And none of those Clay Matthews hits look like that. And it's, uh, I just hope it happens four weeks in a row so we have something to talk about again. Yeah, no, it happened to Clay Matthews uh, when he sacked Alex Smith. Uh, he went crazy. Mike McCarthy looked like he was going to murder the referee on the sideline. Yeah, he looked uh, like he could have a heart attack looked, right there. Yeah, his face was uh, – speaking of red skin, his face was bright red uh, on the <laughs> sideline. Chase, He was like chasing down the official. Yeah. I he mean, was about to hurt him, I think. <laughs> Someone had to hold him back. Yeah, he was a little more reserved in his post-game press conference, but, uh, like, yeah, I don't I know, like, how you just – got to him, probably. I don't know how you Pop, continue to ignore him. Xanax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Went to the team trainer and was like, what do we have yeah. to help me not get a fine in this press right. conference? Uh, it was, of course, it's, NFL allows you to do that. You can you can pop as fucking pills as you want, and then oh, yeah, no. it's, it's safe. It's FDA approved. It. Correct. Um, Correct. What else yeah. happened this weekend? Uh, so in one of the morning games, uh, Buffalo beat oh, Minnesota yeah. twenty-seven. What was it, twenty-seven to six or twenty-seven yeah. to three? Dude, I was so. Like, because the Broncos game was early, and all, I wanted to just watch what was happening in Buffalo and Minnesota so I bad. I, I was just shocked, like shocked when I saw the Bills were up 14-0 to and then 21-0, to yeah. and uh, I saw Josh Allen hurdle a guy. Uh, Josh Allen may be the next quarterback to get hurt pretty bad, but um, – <laughs> and it's yeah, not maybe. like he played crazy good football, but he – I mean, played clean. he played. That's all. All it yeah, took. Mis- mostly mistake-free football, and the I really, game, Yeah, go ahead. I'll just say I don't know what happened in that game to Minnesota. I haven't like even watched the highlights or, or gone back right. into it. Yeah. Like, did you see any of it to to know? I did. Yeah, because I was watching the Broncos game uh, at a bar, and we had the Broncos game right in front of me, and then on a big screen right to my left was Buffalo, Minnesota, okay. and what happened basically is. The Bills just got off to a fast start. I don't really know how to explain that. Um, they were playing without LaShawn McCoy, too. Right. Uh, but they got some big passing plays. Uh, hit like a 50-yard pass to Chris Ivory. Uh, Josh Allen was just clean. Like, he he had a couple running touchdowns. Uh, threw one, I think. He, was, he didn't make mistakes. They were moving the ball. And on defense, Jerry Hughes was wrecking the Vikings offensive line. He and Trent Murphy okay. forced a fumble on Kirk Cousins early. Uh, the Vikings just could never get any momentum offensively. They just jumped out to such a quick lead that the Vikings were never able to recover. Um, yeah, but it was shocking. So, and this is probably going to be an issue for the Vikings and the, the, the whole season because their biggest weakness is their offensive line. Yeah, uh, It absolutely. wasn't great last year, uh, and injuries have made that worse. Um, and if you can't protect your quarterback, especially when he's not Aaron Rodgers, you're going to run into some yeah. issues. So I, I'll, I'll try to look at that game uh, to see, but that, that makes sense. Like, Kind of just like a, a whirlwind of good things for Buffalo 
and they had the right people to take advantage of uh, a bad Vikings front on offense. I also think a lot of people – Jim Nance was saying during the game. Also, I have no idea why Jim Nance and Tony Romo were doing that game because, <laughs> oh. like, on paper, it was the worst game of the week. And they, they got punished yes. for some reason. I don't know. I don't know. There's also a weird part in the game where, like, they threw it to the studio for a quick highlight, and it was Phil Simms doing the <laughs> doing the studio highlight. And he's like, oh. all right, back to you, Jim and Tony, <laughs> the guy who took his job. Oh, that's funny. You really, you really have to make Phil Simms do this. That's oh, God. Insult to injury. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, Jerry Hughes was really incredible in that game. Josh Allen. Terrific. Um, Buffalo might not be as bad as they looked, but at the same time, it could have been a trap game for the Vikings, uh, who are obviously coming off of a very uh, emotional game, an emotional roller coaster against the Packers. And they also have the, the, the Rams on Thursday night, Vikings-Rams. Oh, so shit. That'll be they awesome. They got stuck in between some big games. And I think that is awesome. just a letdown for them. The Bills, week three, man, dangerous team. <laughs> yeah. Dating back no to last year with the Broncos. Um, yeah, they found a way to figure it out. Uh, anyway, last bit of news really quick. The Steelers are listening to trade offers for Le'Veon Bell, according to Adam Schefter. Interesting. What do you think? Do you think there's any, any teams that will bite? Broncos trade Royce Freeman for Le'Veon Bell. Bow, bow, bow. I love Royce. I'd probably take that trade, though. Yeah, I know shit you would. Um, yeah, I don't know who who would uh, take him and immediately benefit. I mean, obviously Le'Veon Bell is good, but you want him to go into a situation where he has a, a decent offensive line uh, because that's a big part of, I think, his success yeah. in Pittsburgh is they have a very good offensive line, uh, as evident by James Conner's success. They play tonight against Fitzmagic, Monday Night Football, so that'll be fun to watch. Speaking of which, a team that could use a running back, those Ooh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bay, beat the like Steelers <laughs> and then take their running back. Trade them Jameis Winston. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how I feel about Ben Roethlisberger and Jameis Winston in the same locker room. <laughs> yeah, too many sexual assaults in one place. Probably yeah. not good. Not great for uh, locker room culture. Uh, the <laughs> Maybe the Titans could use Le'Veon Bell? I was thinking, so a couple teams that make sense to me. Uh, first of all, it's not going to work because they just paid Aaron Rodgers a billion dollars. Oh, shit. The that Packers would be fun. would be a really good fit. Also, the Colts, I think, would be a really good fit. Their offensive oh, yeah. line is a lot better. Um, Quentin Nelson's really, uh, really doing a good job at, at left guard for them. And I think a good running back could kind of put them over the oh, yeah. over the hump. Andrew Luck would be great with Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I think so too. I don't know if they. I don't know what their cap situation's like. I can't assume. I, I can't imagine that they're playing. They're paying that many guys aside from Luck. So yeah, interesting. I, I also maybe Seattle. Yeah, I, I mean they, they just they spent still a first rounder on a, on Penny, who's not right. Like, but like, yeah, Carson's still their number one dude. Like, yeah, their offensive line isn't good, but I think they could get Le'Veon Bell involved in the passing game where he's very good. Uh, Russell Wilson would take advantage of him, but uh, in a good way. <laughs> Not the Jameis Winston, Not the Ben Roethlisberger way. Ben Roethlisberger way. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any other teams, and I, I don't know. Like, we'll keep our eye uh, on it. It's hearsay. Yeah. Although I'm gonna, I don't yeah, think I'm stick with the Colts and Packers. bad information very often, so yeah, I'm sure there's something to it. But now I yeah. guess we'll uh, break down this Denver Broncos game before we get out of here. Right? Yeah, a lot of stuff to talk about. Not a great game on our side. Not a great uh, game at all. There's a lot of stuff that we need to address. Uh, so they lost 27 to 13. 14. After, what was it 14? Yeah, my bad. 27-14. Bar, bro. It's true. I was watching with the sound off, which That's actually uh, I've heard the announcers were not great to listen to. So maybe they were, I, yeah, they're like the low lowest level announcers you could get. I never fucking heard of them. Yeah, so maybe I was lucky, um, but it made things very confusing when. Oh, I uh, bet 
Philip Lindsay got ejected. I had no idea what was going on until like they're leading him into the tunnel. I was like, oh, he just got thrown out. The Philip Lindsay ejection had to be confusing, as did the uh, field goal block that took the refs about 10 minutes yeah. to figure out what the call was. Um, okay, so I think the pulse from Broncos country here is uh, fire. The whole place is on fire. Everything yeah. is burning to the ground. And uh, I, I don't think, think it's that bad. <laughs> I think they're half right, though. I think it is it is possible that that could happen because we've seen it happen uh, mm-hmm. last year. And uh, there are some very there are some I have some major concerns about the team, but also the the Broncos, despite playing terrible football on basically every level. Offense was bad. Defense was bad. They made dumb mistakes, bad penalties. Uh, They were still in that game. Even when they were down in the fourth quarter, they're driving with seven minutes. They're in the red zone. If they score a touchdown there, it's a a one-score game. They're technically in it. Um, So you say everything went bad for them, and they still could have won that game. But then you say everything went bad for them, and a lot of it was their own own damn fault. Yeah. So I don't know what to make of it. I think something that is not going to help them is playing the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. Uh, because it is Patrick, at home, though. It is at home. It's at home. Patrick Mahomes, 13 touchdowns now, just adding to that record. And when you uh, – Am I two supposed week, to be impressed? When you two weeks ago said Peyton Manning better look over your shoulder for the touchdown record, you were making a joke. <laughs> but now that shit might be real. Um, and if it is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say you called it first, and I'm going to say it's because you love Patrick Mahomes more than any other quarterback to ever play the game. Yeah, and I will sue you for slander. <laughs> um, that's that's your, simply false. <laughs> what, is, what is your biggest concern for the Broncos, and what is a reason people should be hopeful about the team? Uh, I'll start off with why they should be hopeful. I think Case Keenum's going to get better. Uh, the offensive line, he's just holding the ball too much. I think a lot of it had to do with conditions. Uh, I think it, a quarterback that can throw the ball far, kind of like Joe Flacco that's got a big arm and big hands, plays better in the rain than a guy like Case Keenum, who's more of a timing guy. So I think that's going to get better because they're not going to play in the rain in Baltimore every week. Uh, as far as concern, like I don't see how it couldn't be the secondary. They just got torched all day. Still couldn't cover a tight end. Mark Andrews just ripped them in the middle of the field. He only had two catches, but he averaged 29 and a half yards per catch. Not great. Not great. Um, Yeah, whenever you make Joe Flacco look like fucking Peyton Manning, that's 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 an issue. Uh, Isaac Yadam came in after Trebane Brock pulled his groin or whatever. Again, that groin's been a problem all preseason, and now I think it's a, a bigger issue. Right, right. And they went to Yadam right away, uh, gave up that big catch against John Brown uh, down the sideline. So basically all of our fears from the preseason were confirmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Harris kind of called out the Joe schemes, Woods. the problem yeah. with schemes, and Joe Woods maybe not uh, doing a great job with that secondary. Although I will say uh, Bradley Chubb looked good early on, so there's a positive. For Give one series, look. he looked great. Just like the whole defense. Yeah. Um, Compliment sandwich there. Yeah, I mean, you lose – I mean, Adam Jones doesn't play. Tremaine Brock right. leaves. So you're left with, you know, Chris Harris, Bradley Roby, and Isaac Yadam coming in. Roby has not been close to what I think we expected him to be. Uh, He's Harris, a guy that plays better with Aqib Tlaib. Uh, yeah, well, I think there there are players that – just they're better suited to be a third corner, a nickel corner. And I think that was mm-hmm. just the perfect role for Bradley Roby because – and because you have Chris Harris – you had Chris Harris next to him in that they could basically kind of switch roles, right? Chris Harris was the slot corner, but he could he could cover uh, outside if he needed to, if they wanted to, to change those things up. And you always had to leave as you're locked down – uh, guy on opposing team's number one receiver. So 
the the Talib trade looking worse as is letting Wade Phillips go. It's it's like you had the formula there for a good defense. Yeah. Um, and I think the Broncos would be better with Wade Phillips still there. Uh, but, yeah, the secondary is a concern. I don't want to blame Isaac Yadam too much for it because, again, he's drafted mid, mid-draft mid right. and not expected to be the guy coming in to, to do that. You think this no, guy's going to take a year or two to, to get where you want him to be as a corner. Uh, but I really have to question the, the Tremaine Brock move when there were other free agent corners available. Um, and now you start to look at like the, the draft this year and it's obviously early, you know, Bradley Chubb may end up being, you know, 10 year starter for the Broncos, but Denzel Ward going right before him. And Denzel Ward is, he is looking legit right now for the Browns. Like if the Browns took Chubb and the Broncos didn't take Denzel Ward next, (laughs) that would look like a mistake because that would have been immediate impact from the best, one of the best players available at a position of need. And the Browns kind of got criticized for taking him, but it looks like a smart move now. So you're right, it is yeah, the sure. secondary. I thought Jake Butt would be more involved in the passing game because we kind of saw a progression through two weeks. Uh, Keenum, you're right, holding on to the ball too long. But that's what he did in Minnesota, too. Uh, like, he had one of the longest release times last year. But maybe... You know, you got Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen both just finding ways to get open. And right now you just kind of have Emmanuel Sanders. They need, I think, a second target to emerge as being on the same page with Keenum all the time to maybe help him out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it just looked like his balls were uh, just dying at the end. Yeah, his he looked inaccurate too. A lot yeah. of them were kind of going into the dirt before they got to the receiver. Yeah, like they're kind of like fizzing out like right – uh, right when they're supposed to be like hitting like button hooks and, and crossing routes and everything, yeah. and they're just like dying and hitting the dirt. Yeah. Like no, you're right. So, I mean, it'll be interesting. I just think, I don't know. Like, I don't trust the coaching staff to uplift this team at this point. And no, yeah. that's what scares me. <laughs> uh, I think there's enough talent on the team for them to be a pretty good football team, but it's got to come together and the secondary is a liability. The Broncos strength on defense couldn't get enough pressure, like consistent pressure on Flacco. So, you know, there's a lot to, to think about there. And then the penalty is like the blocked kick was weird because I yeah, guess was, technically Justin Simmons should have been flagged for leaping there. I don't, th- I don't think so because I think it's only a penalty if you, touch like if you leap and you like clip the offensive lineman if you touch them but then they were saying like in the game that you can't get more than a yard running start before you jump and they're like it looks like he had a yard and a half or two yards or something so I don't understand that rule still but then they won okay so Domata Pecco pushes 77 and he pushes a strong word yeah (laughs) He flops. The dude flops right in front of the ref. And they're not anywhere near the play. So I don't understand. No, they're behind Chris Harris. By like 20 yards. So I, and yeah. a, a fat offense. was not chasing down Chris Harris. No. So <laughs> I don't understand why the ref would even call that. Like, he was a fucking idiot. He, the crew was very, very bad all game. Also, I don't like to be the guy that blames the officials. No, but they were horrible. But this, was a, this was a bad game for them. And yeah. the whole NFL has been. Uh, They've had an officiating crisis all year. It's just more of the same. It's a lot of it because there's a lot of turnover in the in the officiating crews this year. Ron Torbert's not a new guy, but he his crew called a bad game. And it also goes. There's also a play uh, in the third quarter, I think, where Buck out or someone was down like at the four yard line. Oh, it was the tight end Boyle. Because yeah, Nick Boyle. The four yard line. They gave him credit or they gave him progress to like the half yard line. Ravens score a play later on third and goal. And the Broncos That's, were not allowed to challenge it. Right, yeah. No, Vance Joseph called the timeout, pulled the flag, or, yeah, threw the red flag, and they said, oh, actually, you can't challenge us for whatever reason. For whatever dumb reason, uh, the ball should have been, like, on the three-and-a-half-yard line. Yeah. Uh, I made what I thought was a decent joke about Nick Boyle being in the NFL for four years and not scoring. 
and I just called that high school. Oh, yeah. And that's... college. <laughs> um, but like, uh, that's why I remember that play so vividly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you're right. There was that. Um, you know, the Ravens pick six got negated for uh, Case Keenum getting pushed in the back a little bit. Yeah, well, everybody knows Case Keenum was ready to chase him down and make you that know, tackle too. Pretty ticky tackle call. There. Like, the Broncos got screwed more. Um, Philip Lindsay's ejection, re-watching that, uh, seeing it every angle seems like bullshit. Yeah. I don't oh, know. Shoot. Go ahead. I don't know <laughs> if he went in there and threw one, like, punt, like good punch. But it looked like a guy was reaching in to try to get to where Lindsey was, and he was punching away his yeah. hand. So it's just like a scrum of people trying to fight for the football. I don't know how that gets called as – Also, yeah, he, he threw the flag long before anybody started throwing punches. Yeah, he punches threw that flag, the and then he went to try and throw it again, but it wasn't there when Lindsey was, like, flailing his arm. So yeah. I don't know what the fuck they saw. Uh, nobody was going to get hurt or got hurt. And you would – like, if they just say – if they just wanted to call it – Yeah, it like, that's fine, okay? I get how it can be a little crazy and confusing. Give a – but to eject him for that? The Broncos' best running back? Like, talk about a blow to the team on a rainy day when you probably need that more than any other game? Like, I don't know. Yeah. It was just – it's it's why like them loosening the ejection rule, uh, I think is bad for the game. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the Ravens' first touchdown was set up by Isaac Yadam pushing uh, a Ravens player on the sideline. Right. So which was uh, also a little ticky tacky. It was ticky tacky, but also just stupid by Yadam. Yeah. Like the he wasn't on the field; he was on the <laughs> sideline. The guy. Came flying in, and Yadam like had to jump, and then he just shoved the dude a little bit. You don't call that. The no. guy wasn't even close. Like the guy didn't even notice basically that he got pushed. Like he just went and kept running, and was like, you know, yeah. If you like push the guy to the ground, sure, but he just like kind of like shoved him a little like back into the field of play. It is like that's the kind of penalty you call in high school to try to keep the game in check and say, hey, you guys, you guys are kids. Quit acting like yeah. fucking idiots, but. I don't know, man. I, yeah, like I, those penalties, and that—that that was a good return, and then it put the Ravens in like the, great field position and set them up for yeah. an easy touchdown. Like those calls affected the game. And again, I don't think the Broncos played good enough to win, but they, outside of fucking themselves, they got a little, a little from the reps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I tweeted this yesterday during the game, but it just feels like refs this year I don't know maybe it's just maybe I'm noticing it more this year but it feels like they just they have like a bit of an ego with all of these like they have to like discipline everybody for everything yeah and they have a, they feel like they're the fucking hall monitors keeping this game in check and it it's really affecting the game and it's impacting not only the Broncos game but like we said like the the Packers Redskins game. Oh yeah. The Packers game the week before. And it's just you like the two things you don't like to see impact the game uh more than anything else are kickers and officiating. And <laughs> yeah. so far the last two weeks have not been good for the NFL. No, it's been a lot of that. And it's like it's the taunt like taunting is a dumb a dumb penalty. The roughing the passer thing is crazy. The uh, ability to uh, eject players for a uh, personal foul seems just a little ridiculous. Yeah. And I don't know. It's You're right. It, it's a little out of hand. It has affected games. And it just makes you angry when you're watching it. And the only yeah, thing that should make you angry is the team you're rooting for, not the Reds. Right. <laughs> no, coach- absolutely. Coaching your team or a player making a mistake. You don't want – and it was a lot. It wasn't just one call. If it, You mm-hmm. can expect a bad call or two in a game because they're humans out there. Things are happening fast. But when we can see it at home and they have people watching the games, uh, I don't know why they can't signal down to the refs like, no, you shouldn't eject that guy 
for, for that. Like they should be able to say, Hey, we need to call up to the booth. Look like this happened. Did that happen? Yes. Like, I think you can do that quickly, but it shouldn't change the outcome of games. Yeah. Um, another call just really quick while we're talking about the officiating Deshaun Hamilton on that punt return yeah, before exactly. halftime just got, got speared blasted. with the crown of the other guy's helmet and there was no flag to be seen or heard of. No. Yeah. Hamilton got blasted right in the fucking face with a helmet and they didn't call it. Uh, yeah. the announcers talked about it. Like, should that have been called? And I think they brought Fuck in yeah, should have. and, uh, like I was going to talk about it last night, but my episode was kind of too long. I was like, I'll just save it for, for another time. But uh, that's the thing. It's like you're trying to protect players, but then when somebody legitimately almost gets hurt for a crown of the helmet hitting them in the face, which was illegal last year and the year before, it wasn't. that's not part of the new rules. That's one yeah. you should already know how to call. Uh, it's like and, – and Hamilton's not like he lowered his head. He's kind of down face up, and the yeah. defender just comes in. Anybody who – Yeah, another, another play that probably would have saved the Broncos three points too because they gave up a field goal before halftime. Right. Part of so, that, again, was their undoing, but it just it felt like everything was going against them. Um, but, yeah, so there's a lot of sentiment that the sky is falling. I don't think it's that bad. It's one game. They lost on the road to a Ravens team that's pretty good. Yeah, I think the uh, Ravens was, still could you know, be the best team in the uh, AFC North. Um, yeah. it's uh, And I think what's disappointing is the Ravens did not have Michael Pierce. They did not have C.J. Mosley. And they did not have Jimmy Smith. So arguably their best player at each level of the defense. And we mm -hmm. saw the Broncos offense underperform. Um, that's what's disappointing. The thing that will fix that instantly is a win against Kansas City. Uh, if the Bron yes. and but the way the way that Broncos secondary is playing, it is a bad time to go up against the hottest offense in the NFL. Mm, the hottest gimmick offense in the NFL. Yes. Yes. Whatever. Always very good in the month of September. Technically, it'll be October first when they play. Will will it? Yep. Oh. Like, so maybe like guys i like the sound of that maybe the uh weather cools down a little bit patrick mahomes velocity drops a little bit on those passes uh he's a huge fraud that sounds like ray romano a lot of things could be going against the chiefs home crowd gets excited i'm i'm not ready to predict a win but right. <laughs> here we are so we'll leave it with the broncos look bad Hopefully it's yes. not as bad as we all think it is, um, but it could be, but it might not be. <laughs> we don't know. Uh, the big test I'm worrying or I'm thinking about is, is Vance Joseph going to be able to right the ship this season after uh, not being able to right the ship and losing like nine games in a row last year? Yeah, I think the thing that's scary is if you're Vance Joseph, like when you think – just in general as a person, when you think you've like fixed a, an issue or a problem and then you see it start to repeat itself, psychologically you freak out and you're like, oh shit, this is going to happen again and it could snowball into a disaster, right? So last season you get these two wins and then week three just kind of play a bad game where you beat yourselves and uh, last year, the Broncos bounced back and got the win week four. But then New York Giants came to town who are winless and just, I think, crushed the Broncos. Shit, yeah. But the Broncos have – well, they have the Chiefs, then the Jets, then the Rams, right? Oh, I thought it was the Chiefs, then the Rams. Maybe. It's even scarier I, I yeah. if it's the Chiefs and the Jets – because the Broncos beat the Chiefs, and then they got the the Jets, the Jets who don't look good, and they lose that game, and then get the Rams. Then we will really be freaking out with a repeat of last season. Last season. Yeah, I think if that happens though, and they just like snowball, and there's just an complete like they just go off a cliff. I think LA will fire Vance Joseph midseason if that happens again. Probably. Yeah, people were calling for him to be fired yesterday and Case Keenum to be benched, and Joe Woods to be fired. 
and Garrett Bowles to be executed and everything. And that's just what happens on Twitter. But I Dude, think I think Garrett Bowles should play defense. Chill. I think Garrett Bo- Garrett Bowles should be a defensive end. <laughs> I think he'd be pretty good. Because when he two way player, when he holds, he fucking tackles very oh, well. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, like, I mean, if you're gonna hold, you might as well like make sure they don't touch the quarterback. Exactly, and, and it wasn't all on Garrett Bowles either. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, can't just hold the, the ball. Can the Broncos? I don't. It's like they need a piece for the secondary. I don't think they can get that this year. I don't think they can make a trade for uh, a star. Monte Davis. Monte <laughs> Davis out of retirement. Yeah. Um. I don't know. The if, Bills look if, better without him now. So if the Broncos do get horrible, the silver lining is you do have Chad Kelly to just throw out there at some point and say, "Well, what do we have with this guy?" Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't want to see that happen at all. No. Uh, no, absolutely not. But anyway, yeah. I think that covers it, huh? I think so. I think we uh, talked about everything we needed to talk about. We'll Got take a, a deeper dive in the Chiefs Broncos matchup yeah. on Thursday and some of the other NFL games. Uh, and yeah, thank you for listening to the podcast. That is just a really okay podcast about football. Yeah, go buy a uh, Beating Golf t shirt. Oh, too. oh, I tried to get that on because uh, Channel 7 News has been posting <laughs> like two and a half minute segments that I give them on Sunday nights. Yeah. And I got an email from them this week that told me to push push it more. Like, are you dialing it back? Like, we want you to be, you know, crazier and more <laughs> you. So I, the last 20 seconds were how Philip Rivers should be beating Goff and how I'm not <laughs> sure any NFL quarterback can, you know, will be beating Goff this season. And they fucking cut it. They God damn it. You cut it. The SEC so ready. is keeping us down. And it's it's not a violation. It's beating <laughs> no, it's Goff, beating. it's their quarterback. Also, beating Goff shirts now available at the That's Good Sports store. Yeah, go buy a shirt. And will, this may go down as your greatest creation of all time. Yeah, what I thought was a, a, a throwaway joke is sweeping the nation. Yeah. Um, almost that, that was the big dick player, so... <laughs> Yeah. Throwaway beating Goff. Uh, Will made that up for the <laughs> weekly picks episode. I knew it was going to be funny. People are gravitating to beating Goff, as in beating Jared Goff. And people uh, love gonna... people. People love beating Goff, especially guys. Guys who yeah. watch the show. We people all love beating yeah. Goff, and yeah. uh, we're going to keep it alive every week. It's going to be. <laughs> it's going to be great when the Rams actually lose. <laughs> yeah, somebody finally beat Goff. Yeah, <laughs> they're beating Goff as we speak. They're beating Goff. Beating Goff on the field. To completion. So, uh, okay, that'll yeah. conclude the That's, That's Good. Good Sports podcast. Subscribe or whatever you want to fucking do. We don't give a shit. Yeah. All right, bye. <laughs>